0: Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Sulia podcast. My name once again is Safo Kwami and on today's episode of the Sulia podcast we are going to go a little bit legalese. <laughs> I mean I am a lawyer after all and this is my, <laughs> this is my, this is supposed to be my field. We are going to talk a little bit about the FFP rules and um, the breaches by city to the best of my understanding as to what is going on. We are going to talk about Christian Achu because take away Sule Muntari, take away Steven Apia, take away Mike Lacey, and Christian Achu is one of my favorite Ghanaian footballers of all time. And yesterday we had unfortunate news that he was found under a rubble due to the earthquake that happened in Turkey. Really made my, gave me, made my night very difficult. Like I, I texted a journalist this morning and i was talking about how i found it very hard to sleep because achu is one of the guys who, are, who is not who we don't speak about in the black star so we are going to talk about christian achu third thing we are going to talk about or some of the other things we are going to talk about is for the first time this is something i've been thinking about for a long time but wanted to discuss FPO guys um, i'm now figuring out the fpl and i think i'm doing well in the fpl a little bit i'm going to focus on the fpl i'm going to look at some of the fpl groups i'm in the wadek fpl then we'll talk about people doing well on that page and if we have time on our hands we we'll just talk about gfa things happening and then discuss a week of the english premier league once again my name is safo kwamio heneba and welcome to another episode of the sulia podcast Are you ready? Hey, think you can tell us what to do? Do You think you could tell us what to wear? You think that you're better? We better get ready. Bow to the masters. Degenerate into something fool We just got tired Of doing what you told us to do That's a brace boy yeah. That's a brace little man Break it down So to understand what is actually Going on with City right now You'd have to take your mind back to Two years ago um, the three, three or two, 2020 During the Repinto Hacking, whereby city was alleged to have cooked their books so some of the allegations brought against them by uefa were that let's say city has a revenue and they have a sponsorship package as to how much sponsorship you are supposed to get so your revenue and how much you spend on players you need to balance the book so basically the allegation was that because city is being owned by the abu dhabi group which owns Etihad and all of that. The amount which is specifically provided for as going into commercial revenue or as going into for sponsorship was false because let's say if city has provided that they were spending $100 for commercial revenue or commercial value or whatever, the allegation was, it was actually not the case because you have the city group who would call like companies that are affiliated to the abu dhabi com- to the abu dhabi state itself and other etihad affiliates who would like just pumping money into city's account but that is not the actual money which is being spent that was one of the allegations however and because of the allegation and uh, lots of things about city breaching their financial fair play rules what happened was that uefa handed them a two-year ban however city um city appealed to the court of arbitration for sports and the court of arbitration is for sports primary reasons or some of their main reasons for not upholding uefa's ban was firstly some of the things uefa were looking at were statute bad secondly you look at the manner in which they had their i mean every law student knows that um, illegally obtained evidence because Most of this uh, evidence were stemming out of the to hacking, could not be admissible in court. Also, uh, it was just basically said that it's either their statute bad or most of the allegations from UEFA could not be proved. So what happened in the long run was that the UEFA and Manchester City came to more of like a compromise whereby city were fined and they were not banned. But fast forward, so this has been subsisting after this claim came out. This has been subsist, subsisting for the past four years whereby the Premier League has been investigating City for these things. And I kind of remember listening to a lot of sports podcasts years ago and people were just bored with the fact that if you have something, bring it out now and stop wasting everyone's time. So, boom, yesterday, shocker, <laughs> a shocker happens whereby City has been charged with over 100 count of breaches of the premier league financial fair play and i think the cracks of the premier league financial fair play breaches were that city failed to disclose how much they were paying um uh, mancini A- around 2009 2010 2011 2012 around that time they failed to disclose the amount they were actually paying players behind the scene also the didn't help out with investigation process when it came to like investigating the matters they were very difficult in providing documents and bringing themselves making themselves available for investigation now the difference between the premier league investigation right now and the uefa investigation is that the premier league is not more like statute bar. they the premier league can take more like retroactive action they can investigate as far back as 2009 2010 Unlike um uh, Juefa whose case in court was like thrown aside because they they were statute back. The Premier League um investigations cannot be statute bad, they can go back. However, so this count have been is going to be handled by a commission which is going to hear this matter privately and then determine some of the punishments that have been brought out or have been contemplated as city going to be going to bear. Could probably be point deduction or maybe a transfer ban but then the talks of um the fact that city are going to be relegated to i think that would hardly not happen because if you look at cases or instances whereby teams were stripped off their title yes strip of stripping of city's title is what people want so i can see some united fans going oh. but then i don't think it's going to work because if you look at cases where teams were stripped of their laurels and titles it was because one look at Poly with juventus they had like a direct influence in bribing referees on the field this is a totally different ball game together and as such i don't think those are some of the ramifications that can come out of this however the point deductions may be maybe player ban those are the things that are more likely to happen and it's one hundred, one hundred and thirteen 113 counts the last time i checked so they have an uphill battle even if they can prove even if the premier league can prove like two out of the hundred i think city are in dire trouble and also if you look at it from the footballing footballing perspective you have someone like pep guardiola who has come out publicly to say that if city ever lied to him about how they were going about their business when it came to the financial fair play and it came to their books and if they were cooking their books then he would leave so case in imp- question the question everyone is asking is will pep leave and all of that but i feel like those are far-fetched and when it comes to legal matters it really takes a lot of time in courts and um, probably this could go to two years three years so so that is said and done, so everything is, has come to its rapid conclusion. I don't know. I, I, I feel like this is quote and unquote much ado about nothing. Like I think city, if they are found wanting,' will be punished, but it's not going to be as dire as people wanted to see me. And that is their boring <laughs> football-related legally stuff I have for today. And that's on the City FFP rule. You know, City themselves are not even doing well. I feel like this is just compounding on their issues they have. So let's get more into the football on the field. So our next story is on Christian Atu, And um, like I said in the intro, I feel like Atu is one of the Ghanaian footballers who has never gotten his flowers. You look at how instrumental Atu has been to ghana football look at the years of 2014 and the years of 2015 especially that performance he gave in that afcon if you want to talk about you see i always say achu is a kamal with finishing and it's that that's on fact yes kamal din is faster but i feel like since achu leaving the black stars we are yet to have his replacement on that wings. I mean, since 2015, let's be honest, since 2015 to, through to 2016, 2017, 2018 to now, I don't think I can mention one winger, Ghanaian winger, be, because I don't want to talk about Jordan, because Atu was playing on the other side, and Jordan was playing on the other wing, so you could use them interchangeably or whatever, but... You could use both of them in the same game. I remember we used both of them in the 2014 World Cup game against um, US. I feel like Achu doesn't get his flowers enough. And it's sad on my part that it's it's through this disaster which I'm making this episode just to talk about him. Secondly, I feel like if Achoo had a shot that was a little bit not focused on the post, Ghana would have been Afghan champions in 2015. That's how instrumental he was. And who can forget his goal against was it Guinea? In that 2015 Afcon? Absolutely phenomenal. So I'm very happy he's and last we checked, he was removed from the rebels and he was, he was in the hospital nursing some injuries. Hopefully this incident makes us like <laughs> appreciate him a little bit more because whenever I talk about true, the first thing that comes into my mind is the 2014 World Cup and the fact that when FIFA were doing their interview or highlight on every country the person who represented Ghana and spoke on behalf of Ghana was Achu. I mean we, 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 we all had wished that his career in Chelsea would have blossomed but then don't forget how good he was in Porto so i'm i'm very happy and as a ghanian um my day has been very joyous and ecstatic because of this good news coming in so yeah um and i tweeted something today someone was asking oh so after the evacuation of a you guys do not care about the sporting director or, or whoever was also trapped in and i just referred them to this tweet i saw somewhere that casualties are just statistics still it hits very close to home like that was what actually, what happened with Achu yesterday was a big scare so i feel like the black stars have still not replaced that yet on that wings so so we find a replacement i feel like Achu is not getting his flowers and we wish him speedy recovery in the english premier league too <laughs> so this week man city dropped point arsenal dropped point uh man united were involved in some <laughs> kung fu mm. antics with Casemiro and um, Chelsea. Hmm. I don't mm. even know where to start with. Let me let me start with Chelsea. I mean, the whole of last week, we one of one of the biggest things that happened last week was um, the signing of Enzo Fernandez from Benfica, and it came with so much drama because apparently Benfica didn't want the player to leave. The player wanted to go. Benfica were dragging their feet, but. At the end of the day, he was signed for a British record fee of 120 million pounds. Yeah, last I checked. So, thing with it is that now Chelsea has gotten in so many players, so they would have to offload some and register some for their Champions League. And um, what they do is they drop Aubameyang, Benoit Badiyashili, Madueke, and um for Fauna. For Datro for I get it. For Maduike, I get it. But if you're signing Felix, Mudrik, Enzo, I feel like if you do that, your defensive shape is going to be problematic because we've all seen that Koulibaly has not lived up to the expectation. And since the integration of Badia into the Chelsea squad, we have not considered a goal yet. So it's very suicidal to take away Badiashili and put in someone like felix because in, in in my honest opinion if you are if you if you are dropping someone like if you are dropping someone like Badiashili for felix felix is on loan felix is going to go back to atletico madrid unless we have seen something in the vines that we are going to keep uh, felix i don't see a scenario in which felix is leaving back to atletico unless um the relationship between him and Diego Simeone deteriorate to another level then probably that but i don't get why Felix is in for um for um for Badia to be dropped and you look at that Chelsea squad and there are so many people you can drop i i feel like you can drop Dennis Zakaria then if i feel like you can drop Chuko Emeka i feel like you can drop Pulisic who has his, the guy is like a cotton I There are so many players who could have been dropped, and on the Obama Young issue, I would be very honest and blunt that the way Chelsea is treating Young is wrong. I feel like Obama Young has not gotten the chance like other players like someone like Havertz is getting like Mount is as this season, but Mount is playing so many games. I feel like for the only striker we have, if you knew if you knew you didn't want their the presence of Obama, and then during the transfer season i didn't know why you didn't get vlahovic <laughs> because vlahovic it got to a point vlahovic was literally begging to leave i don't know if that was to balance the books or what but then i feel like if you are going all out like you went for Madueke, you went for you went like we went for Madueke, we went for mudrick i feel like a, a striker should have been one of the priorities which was not because the sense i am getting is that um uh, bully and two-shell were not really adding them with certain things so even this obama young signing was probably a two-shell signing and graham potter doesn't fancy him we will get to graham potter but as things currently stand right now when it comes to chelsea and graham potter i really don't have that fit i'm going to get unless they are trying to do this it's a process thing and when we say it's a process thing that means we need to strap in but i feel like the place we have gotten it's really not, it's a process thing. The, the, the player's stores he has right now, you really can't do, it's, 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 it's a process thing. You need, I would have been more confident if we had a, a very, like, a world-renowned top-class coach, if you had a Hansi Flick, if you had a Tuchel, uh, because I, I just don't get it. At least with Tuchel, you knew that the man was onto something. With, with, with Potter, I can't see the head and tail of it. Potter was replaced by Deserve. Deserve is still doing wonders with Brighton. I just don't know what else is doing. On to other stuff in, uh, that happened this week Arsenal versus Everton. I feel like the Arsenal versus Everton game, if you take a look at that match, it was a little bit of both Arsenal not hitting third gear and Sean Dyche's approach. Because this is what you call haram. The, the food, and you see, the beauty about Dice haram football is that. He will play the haram ball, but still get enough chances to score. You, you see, with haram ball, you get like one or two. But if you see, watch that game, Arsenal were really, really, really up for like up for the taking, and Everton were just not clinical enough. If you if you study the game, whenever Saka had a ball, you see two three players behind, me. and you see, and this has always been my problem with someone like Frank Lampard, because you could you could not be having players like Abdullah Dukure, Onana, again game in your midfield and be sitting in a relegation Like it doesn't make sense at all. So I think with the introduction of Shandai, you should expect more harambo and I think Everton is going to do well. So when I look at that, I watched that full Arsenal game and when I look at that, what you see is more of a well-drilled team. And you see, and that's my problem. with It brings me back to Porter. He just needed one game in charge and you can see that. This is Dice's identity. He's a, he's a defensive kind of... Uh, coach I still don't know the head and tail of what Graham Potter is doing so <laughs> to that's then. La la, so la la. <laughs> but you see you think things are worse for Chelsea but then you go to Liverpool and, and the pressure the pressure is getting worse <laughs> it's a battle for who shall because ah, I think with Liverpool too, if you are being fair to them I think Salah Salah's people he, uh, the players Salah is playing with up front it's new he's playing with Gakko and Darwin Nunes these are players he has not played with this is like his first season playing with those players that aside I feel like the the, the influence of Luis Diaz and Jota was really underplayed was really really underestimated because I feel like for bulk of last season the influence of those two players really went under the radar because Luis Diaz was like this breath of fresh air in 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 liverpool and the fact that he's been injured for this long has taken that away at least Jota had that um imposing thing he can score by the, he can rescue you if, even if you watch even if you watch the the if you watch liverpool last season Jota was rescuing liverpool when they they were terrible in other parts of the season so i think the injuries, but also, I think the blame also has to fall squarely with Klopp. I think the players are worn out. Like, I Klopp still plays Milner in this Milner for crying out loud. Like, and that's what will be, forever be the difference between someone like Klopp and someone like uh, Guardiola because Klopp is more of like a budget coach, in my opinion. Because how can you be using these players? Same gengen pressing too. You have gengen and gengen then gengen then gengen. Klopp never gets tired of gengen and means. <laughs> Can't believe I just said gengen. So yeah, that's what you get. And I I don't know what's happened to Fabino. I feel like it's just fatigue. I feel like the players just don't want it anymore. What you need is a breath of fresh air, especially in the midfield. And I feel like Liverpool's problem is really with the midfield. I feel like. Nabi Keta has not lived up to expectation. And now Konate is out. And let's be honest, Joe Gomez is ass. Joe Gomez is like. Joe Gomez should be playing for like Portsmouth. If, if we are going to be very honest with ourselves. And I feel like even the level of inculcation of the youngsters is not really working. Because if you look at how he, he brought in someone like Curtis Jones, Curtis Jones could thrive because the whole system was like thriving. But currently, the Basham and the Eliots are not thriving because the system is just not thriving. So I feel like with Liverpool, all they need is spending and a breath of fresh air, because someone like Alisson is still good. But then, how can Alisson do? That's the way with Liverpool. For United, I mean, I mean, I'm 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 fed up of singing United. Please, onto the next thing. <laughs> I feel like. And basically, it's the same thing that brings me back to Potter and and managers' mentality. You can see it with uh, United. You can see how Rashford's um, confidence has been rejuvenated. But honestly, if Eze and them are going to be very serious in that Crystal Palace, or that they should be serious right now, ah, those players should be even thinking about playing for the Nigerian national team and stop wasting our time because if they were very serious united would w- wouldn't have come out being victors i mean united has always been struggling against crystal palace but then yeah that's a wrap for this week's premier league stuff so i think right now i'll just dwell on fpl a little bit of fpl tips and then we can call it a day so fantasy premier league known as fpl is it's I think it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a very <laughs> time consuming I was always like fed up of it, like I never really paid attention to it, but started mm. paying attention to it and I think last week I did very well. I I clocked 90 something and I, I think it piqued my interest and with time I figured it out. So I'm on this page FPO which I think is a like very competitive. It's called the what well, the W A D C It's West African Debaters Community. And um, I think the person who came out with the highest points for this week was and he's leading the he's leading the wadek log, he's called Kwabnesiama. Um his team's name is DJ Abre, and the second person on the log is Negus FC, which is Faithfulness Okom. Shout out to Faithfulness, Faithfulness is doing mad things in Spain. <laughs> then you have Ten Hag Press, that's Safwania. And I, the highest for this week on this page I happened to find myself on was Kwabne So This was Kwabne Siamasu's team. And I think I agree. I, I, I have most of his players, but I think the wise decision he made and what I was struggling with, I feel like if I had recorded a podcast earlier, people, you guys would have helped me find something to do with it and manage my team. I was struggling with, should I triple Captain Rashford? Should I triple Captain Rashford? I captained him, but I didn't triple captain him. So I feel like everyone doing well in FPL this week triple captain Rashford. And that's what Kabne has done here. I captain Rashford, but I didn't triple captain him. I don't know why my triple captain, I was saving it up for Haaland. I feel like if Haaland is getting... Because Haaland is always performing against the intimate teams. So if Haaland got an intimate team, I would have triple captain him. But I think that's a wrong move because rashford rashford assets saturday because the, the, it's a two-week game thing so they played crystal palace and played leeds if you triple captain rashford for the crystal palace game he should give you 36 points so i um, imagine how many points he would give you again with the leeds game and how can that how that can skyrocket you um so rashford is the mvp i didn't triple captain rashford but I had Rashford. I captained him. And if you did captain Rashford, he would give you 24 points for the game against Crystal Palace. So, the ideal lineup you should have, anyone should have had for this week is, I think the keeper with the highest points, and I had, and I think Kwabene Siyama also had, was Ariza Balaga. I think Chelsea has not conceded in a very long while. So, for the meantime, Ariza Balaga is a very good tip for you. Charlie, the Newcastle boys really really support my FPO this week The Newcastle boys And you know the irony of this thing I have had Connor Cody in my FPO for God knows how long I've had him for like 10 weeks This guy has been giving me ones and twos The week I decide to bench Connor Cody He's providing six And the player I replaced with, which is James Is giving me one like Does this makes sense? <laughs> so I think the ideal defensive pairing Anyone should have is Shaw and Ben me see 11k like i was going to buy ben me 11k I feel like i think i noticed ben me like three week games back like nah this guy is really pulling and this week ben me came up with 13.2 sure and there's henry henry to form brentford but i didn't have him in my, in my team but Trippier, they, he make one of hands four down but i feel like the the midfield pair which i think everyone does have is um mitoma kairo mitoma if you have mitoma you are eating good uh mitoma helped me saka really see charlie almeron and wallahi that guy is is really pissing me off like he just did some one or two things here and just disappeared because almeron is here giving me two points and one point i think last week game week two how many points did almeron give me That guy shine when i was making 92 almeron was busy giving me three points I had Maris too, mares didn't. So basically, what was, what was going well for me was Kane, and Rashford and Mitoma. Everyone else feels so. My team is Maris, Almiron, Rashford, Mitoma, Saka. Then, my forward line I played a 352 formation. My forward line is Keane and Haaland, and uh, my back three is Fabian Shah, kieran tripia and uh, James. I think the best some of the defenders I can recommend for people is Badia Shile is. Highly recommended, Thiago Silva is highly recommended. For the goalkeepers, Ariza Balaga. I think Nick Pope. But Newcastle is trying is starting to misbehave. So Chelsea's next game is against West Ham. So I think it's safe to keep Ariza Balaga. I think let me Brentford's next game is um Brentford's next game is against Southampton and Southampton really the shit so I would highly recommend Ben me I am going to get myself some Ben me in the in the defensive pair I'm definitely selling Almeron, but the problem is I'm selling Almeron for who that's why I, I, I want to know because I'm trying to lean a little bit towards bruno because um you look at the the next the the next fixture Man United has and it's against oh no okay okay sorry Brentford is not playing Brentford is playing Arsenal so those trying to get Ben Me now nah, if sorry Brentford is not playing Southampton Brentford played Southampton last week Brentford is playing Arsenal eh, wow that's very tricky that's very tricky to get Ben Mee eh, but that's very tricky because I can guarantee Arsenal will score I think yeah Man United is playing Leeds so I- honestly Leeds just sad Jesse Marsh and I feel they are up for the picking. So, I think even Martinez, Lisandro Martinez would be good to get. Uh, sure, will be good to get. Man City versus Aston Villa. Now, this is the point where you, you keep you keep um, Ellen Haaland cause Charlie. Or not D.A. In Tebenkwaan. For the F- Fulham. You can get reach too from Fulham. Because they are playing Nottingham Forest. I don't think Nottingham Forest is that solid. Even though they won against... Leads this week, I feel like Leeds really played them, and so yeah. But for the midfield guys, I feel like if you listen to this episode, you can give me ideas in the comment section. I don't know who to sell almiron for. Um, if you check globally, the highest person with FPO, he's playing. He's playing. He's also playing soccer. Let me check some of the people in wadek some of the lineups. I mean, I think this week didn't really go well for faithfulness on the on the Wadek page because faithfulness of all people is getting like forty nine points. That means every, so this is one other person, Richard O'Yorke's team. <laughs> Actually Richard O'Yock has the same midfold as I have. Like he also has Almeron Richard O'York's team is called GG Boys. Hey, also, to you? Then there's soft boy Adiwale, Adiwali wow. I feel like everyone has almost the same midfield but I would recommend james madison so hopefully i have a whole episode and then we just talk about FPO before the deadline and players we would recommend lovely listeners um this is going to be i really (coughs) sorry about that i really wanted to talk about the ghana football association and the president's um will to increase his term to three terms (laughs) i mean it's it's laughable it's laughable um I, I keep on saying it. it's not even just a football thing. I think it's a whole societal thing as this country, I think the priorities are so misplaced. I feel like there's just you see if you see if Ghana football was doing astronomically well and then you brought this thing up that we want to do three years or we want to go through the regulations and then do uh, have a third term. That, that's perfectly fine. But Sa, Moga. <laughs> like, Ghana football, it's even if, it, if it was Humpty Dumpty, it's on the floor. Like, we did like Ghana football. I've seen people on the timeline saying, Talk about the good stuff, talk about the good stuff. What good stuff is there to talk about? We won what? Uh, we won what? Under 17, Charlie. that that's that the good stuff. Really, can we be like very serious in this country? I feel like we are not doing enough. To want us talking. To, to even have this discussion. To even have a... I, I, I see personally, I don't want to talk about Ghana football. Like, I, I, like, the politics, I really don't want to talk about it. Because the best I get is what both sides are saying. And people know things going on really inside Ghana FA politics. It's, it's just nauseating. I feel like if you want to talk about Ted term, your wax, your wax is what would easily like the term. But you, in, within, within four years honestly, within four years of this current FA's administration, which is Keto Kriku, I think that four years has been that bad that everyone is craving for a man we were sucking. And everyone is reminiscing the good times then. And I was listening to Dan Kweku yesterday on my way from work and he was talking about Ohini Jan who is one of the best Ghana FA presidents we've had and how he didn't even need three years to even do his good works Talked about Kessy Yantechi from 2006 to 2010 and some of the phenomenal things he did in 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 in, in his first four years. Question is, Keto first four years. Like, what 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 are we? Okay, let's say we qualified for the World Cup because we couldn't do that in 2018. I don't I don't think per the standard that has been set, that is something worth celebrating. We can't talk about Afcon. And even our him on AFCON because... Well, in in Nantechi's first four years, we didn't do well uh, in AFCON. But then how do you address the the women's issue whereby the Ghanaian women have been banned? How do you address all those things? Like... And you see, I, I feel like the problem with Ket or is... I think I, I have not met the man personally. What I can say is what I hear on radio, what I see him saying. I feel like the man is... And he's older than me, so I, I don't have to say, but this is my opinion. I think he struggle he struggles a little bit with being emotionally intelligent. Because despite the fact that people are complaining about his leadership and people are complaining about this and that, I feel like certain utterances he makes it just digs his own grief for him. Because already you know that people are on their on their hands for you. You Find a PR guy, you find people who do this talking. Let George Free, I think George is the George Free, the secretary, yeah, the lawyer. He, when he talks, at least you can see a little bit of public relation, a little bit of finesse and diplomacy with when he speaks back. So, that, Wait, that that's Prosper Harrisonado, yeah. Prosper Harrisonado is the one I'm t- no, George Free is Nyante vice president. I'm very sorry for that. Prosper Harrisonado, yeah, or even Henry Asante Chung. I mean, Henry has been in the media space for long. So, yeah, fine. I feel like Ket is always digging his own problem for him. Because, you see, and my personal problem, I had... No, it's not even personal. My problem or objection I had with him was, after Ghana were eliminated from the and certain things he said about, is there a Ronaldo somewhere or a Messi somewhere I didn't bring? Like, totally unnecessary. And then you have this whole Joseph Pencil saga. And this whole, I will not work with my enemies thing. And you see, that has always been the problem with Ghana football. You see, Ghana football is for Ghana. It's not for. And anyone who listens to this podcast, I have never spoken about um, the GFL or anything. I feel like there's just no sense of patriotism. Because if you think you are not going to work with your enemies or you think maybe your your so-called you know, good enemy has a good player. A player, if he was yours, you would have made sure was included in the black stars. You, 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 you And I'm talking about Joseph Pencil here. You would not treat a player like that and tell us that football is all. Well. Uh, even if that was otuado or whoever, I feel like the influence of Ket from from what's the name of uh, I CK Aconor, from CK Akono's time to now. He's been very influential in player selection and everything. And don't get me wrong, I'm not, I don't want to be part of the people who insult Baba Raman or anything. But Baba Raman was one of my favorite players. Even from 2015 AFCON t- through to 2017 AFCON when he got injured against Uganda. And he has just never been the same. Baba Raman was one of my most favorite footballers bar uh the, the 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 shipman ship the law whatever he called he has something said and you know any <laughs> year you get that kind of thing so i don't have any qualms if he's paying his dues fine but then look at the joseph pencil issue like the guy is doing marvelous you will have the alfred duncan issue like all sorts of things like this going on so if we are thinking of a third year please if you want a third year if you re- if proper scrutiny has to be made for when it comes to a third year your works we na go give you the third year but so then i mean and if the supposed football people sit down and then pass this then charlie gather <laughs> football so guys this i didn't want to talk about it i wanted to remove it from this because i to refrain from talking anything Ghana football, but just it just happened. Just give a plea to you guys that we beg you, as from Sulia Podcast, we are begging that if wherever you get this podcast, your Apple Podcast, if you don't have a podcasting app or podcasting media, you can download Google Podcast, you can download Anchor, you can download Castbox, anywhere you get your podcasting. Just search for Sulia Podcast, the Sulia Podcast. We are easy to find and then listen to the podcast and give us recommendations. It was lovely coming to you today. The name still remains Safo Kwame Oheneba.